0: Hello everybody and welcome to another session of our Pirkei Avot series as we make our way through the Omer, hopefully building a little bit of our character along the way. So, today's Mishnah is the third chapter, ninth Mishnah, Gimel, Mishnah Tet. Rabbi Hanina Ben Dosa, Omer, Kol she irat chet'o kodemet le chokhmato, chokhmato metkayemet. V'chol she chokhmato kodemet le irat en chokhmato metkayemet. Hanina Dosa says anyone whose fear of Hashem precedes his knowledge of Torah, his knowledge will last, and anyone whose knowledge precedes his fear of sin, his knowledge will not last. He also said. Anyone whose actions are greater than his knowledge, then his knowledge will last. And anyone whose knowledge is greater than his actions, his knowledge will not last. So, Rabbi who was he exactly? He's very, very famous Amora, uh, known for basically open miracles. Um, the Gemara Ta'anit is full, full of stories of miracles that occurred by Rabbi Hanina Bendosa. Um, the Gemara says over there that um, Every day a bat call, a voice from heaven, would go out and, and say The entire world is receiving sustenance because of the merit of Rabbi Hanina Bendosa, my son Hanina. The Hanina Benni, and my son, Hanina, dayo kav haruvim Shabbat Shabbat. All he needs is a small measurement of carobs on a weekly basis, and that's all that he asks for, nothing else. Very limited in, you know, his material. He was known to be extremely, extremely poor and extremely, extremely pious. And open miracles, you know, daily. I'll, I'll just give you a couple just to get a flavor of what, uh, what Rabbi Hanina was all about. So the man says, you know, because they were so poor, um, his wife was embarrassed that, you know, all the neighbors every week were uh, baking bread, and uh, she didn't have anything to bake, so, you know, the chimney doesn't have any smoke, so what she would do is light a fire on Friday afternoons, uh, just like all the neighbors, and, you know, just throw straw so there would be smoke, so people would think that she actually has enough flour to make bread. They had one neighbor that was a wise guy neighbor. You know, she knows. Oh, there's no way she's making bread. I know they don't have anything. The cupboards are empty. I, I'm of go. She goes over there, and she knocks on the door. And the be Hanina's wife is embarrassed. She doesn't want to open the door because she's gonna see there's nothing in the oven. So she runs into the other room. The neighbor opens the door, walks inside, and sure enough, miracle of miracles. The table is full. The bowl, the bowl on the table, is overflowing with dough waiting to be baked, and the oven is full of bread. And she calls out to Rabbi Chaya's wife, "Bring the, uh, bring the, uh, the, 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 what do you call that thing? The spatula to, uh, to you know, to your bread. Your, your pita bread is burning. You get it." So she comes from the other room, and she says, "Yeah, yeah, that's why I went. I went to get the spatula." And the Gmana says that actually. When she said that she went to get the spatula, the wife of Rabbi Hanina was not lying. She knew that the miracle was going to happen because she—they they were used to miracles. There was no way that Hashem was going to allow them to be embarrassed. And when she went inside to the other room, she really went to get the spatula. Another story to tell of Rabbi Hanina—that one time, Rabbi Hanina's daughter—he uh, went. She went to. It was Friday afternoon, and she she's uh, very upset. So Rabbi Hanina tells her, "What's the matter?" She says, I just realized that I filled my Shabbat candles with vinegar instead of oil. So Rabbi Hanina tells her, what are you worried about? The one who said that oil will light will also say that vinegar can light. And sure enough, the Shabbat candles lasted, the vinegar burnt all night, and then they lit the havdalah candle after Shabbat from the vinegar. From the vinegar. And one last story, and then we'll uh, maybe maybe one or two more, actually. I just this beautiful stories of Hanina. So the Gemara says... Uh, a Hanina, one time, was traveling on the road and it starts to rain. So he turns to Shamayim and he says, Hashem, master of the universe, He says, The entire world is very happy with the rain. They all have fields and they all have crops, but I'm Hanina and, I, and now I'm traveling on the road and it's muddy and I have no umbrella and I'm getting soaked. Sure enough, boom, the rain stops. He gets to his house. And then he says, Hashem, I'm home now. The whole world is now is, is is worried. There's no rain and it's dry out. They need water for the crops. And uh, and I'm very comfortable here in the house. I'm, you know, I'm uh, so what happened? Boom. The, the faucet turned on again. He turned on the Hashem, turned the rain on again, and Ribi uh, obviously had a lot of power. And the Gemara says over there, il? Tosh al Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippurim. What good is the tefilah of the Yom HaKippurim? one of the things that the Kohen Gadol prays for on Yom Kippur in the Kodesh is that, that Hashem should not listen to the tefilah of the travelers when they ask for the rain to stop. And sure enough, obviously, Rabbi Hanina is, is in a different category. Last story, and then we'll, we'll explain the Mishnah, because I'm, I'm having fun, so I hope you're having fun. Rabbi, one time, there, were, uh, there was a... Um, a serpent that was attacking people in the town, and uh, they said, you know, the serpent bites you, and that's it. You're dead. Shalom Aleichem. There's no antidote. There's no nothing. And there was people getting bitten, die. They come to the on the Beit Midrash. Tell the now we have a problem. There's a serpent in the town. It's biting people. People are dying. We need you to take care of it. So he tells them, "Okay, tell me, show me where's the, you know, the hole? Where's this?" Uh, they take him to the field. They show him here. He's, he's here he not puts his foot inside the hole, and sure enough, the serpent bites him and dies. And he pulls the serpent out of the hole. He puts it on his shoulders, and he walks into the midrash, and he throws it down on the table in front of everybody. He says to them, "You should see that what and haarod memit memit." The serpent is not what's causing people to die. Sin is what causes people to die. <laughs> and sure now in Be'vidrash, they said, Whoa, Woe is the person that meets up with the serpent. And woe to the serpent that meets up with Rebiyah So obviously a very, very, very um, pious person. What is he telling us, Rebiyah What is he trying to teach us? He says in the Mishnah kol you sheirat hatok kodemet know, l'chokhmato chokhmato mitkayemet there's a famous pasuk right there sheit chokhma yilat adonai seh tov l'choloshem tilato omed laad. The sheit chokhma yilat adonai the 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 precursor to any knowledge is to have fear of, fear of shamayim what good is having knowledge of mitzvot and maasim tovim and you're not doing them because you're not afraid of Hashem, or not keeping them because you don't love Hashem. So we're, we're not even gonna talk about love in this Mishnah. This is a Mishnah is, a, is is a Mishnah of Yirah, okay? The first level, the the, the levels really should, would be Yirah, Chochma, Ahava. Right? You 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 start out with fear of Heaven. And then you attain knowledge, and through the knowledge you become to a level of loving Hashem. So step one, Hashem. What good is, is all the Torah the person is going to learn if he's not going to be able to do it, he's not going to keep it? It's better, actually, if he didn't learn. Okay? As, because, uh, Better to be someone who is doing things inadvertently, not knowing the Asur, rather than learning them, knowing the Asur, and not keeping them. That's much worse. Okay, And anyway, so uh, I'll share with you uh, a little uh, explanation on the Mishnah that Rabbi brings down. He quotes uh, the um, Nefesh HaChayim, sort of HaChayim And he says that um, a person who, uh, who has yer Shamaim, he can have Torah. And the amount of Torah that a person can have and the person can keep is commensurate with the amount of his yirat shamayim. It's the otsar, the storage house. He says, imagine a guy. He has, a, a, you know, a big giant field with tons and tons of grain, and he has a bunch of kids. So he wants to feed the kids. and each one, you know, the, they have to keep the grain through the winter. So each, he tells each of his boys, okay, boys. Soon it's going to be the harvest season. Everybody go build themselves a silo so we can fill yourself. You can have food for your families. Tells his boys, go build. Every guy goes, builds. And comes the father. Now they reap the harvest, they have all this wheat. How much can he put inside the silo for each person? Well, each kid built a different size. One kid built a very big one, one kid medium, one kid small. You can only fill the silo with with the amount of grain as the size. The yir'at shamaim is the silo. As big as your silo is, that's how much Torah you can have. And as you can continue to grow, you can expand your silo. You can make it bigger. Hashem can give you more Torah. But the beginning stages of keeping the Torah inside you to be able to share it and to be able to mavin davar davar to understand one thing from the other—that's your shamayim. It comes with that. That's the the the, uh, the container to hold the Torah is yerat shamayim. So, Kol uh, Shema that's the Yer'at uh, aspect of the of Mishnah. The second half of the Mishnah, where it says, Kol Ma Mirubim So notice that in both instances, Hanina's goal is for the person to be able to be Mitkayim, that the Torah should stay with them, right? That they should be able to not to forget it, they should be able to transmit it further, they should teach it to their children. So he says, you have two ways to do that. Number one, you need to have Yer'at to be able to hold the Torah number two maav his actions are greater than his knowledge then his knowledge can be kept now that's a little bit difficult to understand how could you expect me to fulfill the Torah the actions that you're acquiring without learning them first so what do you mean how does that work it's impossible to do it until I learned it that I have to do it and if I'm doing it without any intention, because I'm just doing it haphazardly or, or inadvertently, what credit do I get for that? There's no... That, I need have to have intention. So what do you mean my actions are greater than my knowledge? So, Hanavad uh, quotes over here the Rashbats, and he brings down an interesting pshat. And he says, you know what this means? It says that um, in order for a person to get credit right for doing mitzvot so he needs to know like we're saying that he needs to know that that's a mitzvah but if a person is learning and in the act of learning he says you know why i'm learning i'm learning because i want to do the mitzvah so he gets credit as if he already did it and therefore what he's saying in this part of the mishnah is that anyone who is learning Chochmato with the intention that his his learning will turn into actions, so I'm learning in order for me to do, I get the credit as if I did now, and then Chochmato is mitkayemet. that's how I'll be able to have the Torah stained, so then he brings a proof, it says Pasuk in Parashat Bo after the Bnei Sael were commanded about the idea of going to uh, do the Korban Pesach for the first time, and they were told Right? Uh, They were told to take it on the 10th of Nisan to tie it to the bed. The whole story with the sheep, the goat, it says over there, right? They they went and they did it. Now, they, they definitely couldn't have done it because it was still only the 10th of Nisan. It was not the 14th of Nisan, which was the day of Korban Pesach. It was four days later. So, what do you mean? They went and they did it. They didn't do it. No. They went with the intention to do it and therefore you get credit as if you did it right, with the proper intention. I'm learning with the intention to do that's making my ma'asim greater than my chokhmah. Because I actually get the ma'asim before the chokhmah. And therefore that's what he's talking about over there in that part of the Mishnah. And uh, so uh, he gives an example uh, and we'll wrap it up with this that uh, a guy walks into the uh, grocer and he says, listen, I need some oil and I need some wine. So in those days, at least, the way that it worked is you bring your own utensil to carry it. They don't, they don't give you the utensil. He has big barrels of wine and big barrels of oil. And you come with your jug or whatever. And they measure and they fill up your jug and you pay. So this guy comes with a sifter. And he says, I need you to, uh, to I need some oil, I need some wine. He says, what are you, what are you talking about? He says, yeah, yeah, pour it in here. He says, what are you pouring in here? Pour it in here. It's going to go to the garbage. It's worthless. It's nothing for you. You pour the, you can't pour oil and wine in a sifter. So that's the same idea over here. Anyone who has the Torah, who has no Yirat Shemaim, who's not going to keep the Torah. So he's coming into Hashem and says, Hashem, I need to learn some Torah, but he's coming with a sifter. And it goes right through, in one ear, out the other. Okay, so, And therefore, we're going to try our best, Bezat Hashem, to learn in order to do and to have fear of Shemaim on our minds at all times in order that we can continue to grow in Torah. Mitzvot, Masim Tovim. Have a wonderful day.